Morning prayer begins on page 3. The hour cometh and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 95 for the Venite is found on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hands are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 16 is on page 357. Preserve me, O God, for in thee have I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my God, I have no good like unto thee. All my delight is upon the saints that are in the earth, and upon such as excel in virtue. But they that run after another god shall have great trouble. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, neither make mention of their names within my lips. The Lord himself is the portion of mine inheritance, and of my cup. Thou shalt maintain my lot. The lot is fallen unto me in a fair ground. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will thank the Lord for giving me warning. My rains also chasten me in the night season. I have set the Lord alway before me, for he is on my right hand, therefore I shall not fall. Wherefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For why thou shalt not leave my soul in hell? Neither shalt thou suffer the ho thy Holy One to see corruption. Thou shalt show me the path of life. In thy presence is the fullness of joy, and at thy right hand there is pleasure forevermore. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 15th chapter of Second Samuel. After this it happened that Absalom 
provided himself with chariots and horses and fifty men to run before him. Now Absalom would rise early and stand beside the way to the gate. So it was whenever anyone who had a lawsuit came to the king for decision, Absalom would call to him and say, What city are you from? And he would say, Your servant is from such and such a tribe of Israel. Then Absalom would say to him, Look, your case is good and right, but there is no deputy of the king to hear you. Moreover, Absalom would say, Oh, that I were made judge in the land, and everyone who has any suit or cause would come to me, then I would give him justice. And so it was, whenever anyone came near to bow down to him, that he would put out his hand and take him and kiss him. In this manner Absalom acted toward all Israel, who came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Now it came to pass after forty years that Absalom said to the king, Please, let me go to Hebron and pay the vow which I made to the Lord. For your servant took a vow while I dwelt at Geshur in Syria, saying, If the Lord indeed brings me back to Jerusalem, then I will serve the Lord. And the king said to him, Go in peace. So he arose and went to Hebron. Then Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then you shall say, Absalom reigns in Hebron. And with Absalom went two hundred men invited from Jerusalem, and they went along innocently and did not know anything. Then Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gilonite, David's counselor, from his city, from Gilo, while he offered sacrifices. And the conspiracy grew strong, for the people with Absalom continually increased in number. Now a messenger came to David, saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. So David said to all his servants who were with him at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee, or we shall not escape from Absalom. Make haste to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring disaster upon us, and strike the city with the edge of the sword. And the king's servants said to the king, We are your servants, ready to do whatever my lord the king commands. Then the king went out with all his household after him. But the king left ten women, concubines, to keep the house. And the king went out with all the people after him, and stopped at the outskirts. Then all his servants passed before him, and all the Cherethites, all the Pelethites, and all the Gittites, six hundred men who had followed him from Gath, passed before the king. Then the king said to Etai the Gittite, Why are you also going with us? Return and remain with the king, for you are a foreigner and also an exile from your own place. In fact, you came only yesterday. Could I make you wander up and down with us today, since I go no, and I know not where? Return and take your brethren back. Mercy and truth be with you. But Ittai answered the king and said, As the Lord lives, and as my lord the king lives, surely in whatever place my lord the king shall be, whether in death or life, even there also your servant will be. So David said to Ittai, Go and cross over. Then Ittai the Gittite and all his men and all the little ones who were with him crossed over. And all the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people crossed over. The king himself also crossed over the brook Kidron, and all the people crossed over toward the way of the wilderness. There was also Zadok also, and all the Levites with him, bearing the Ark of the Covenant of God. And they set down the Ark of God, and Abiathar went up until all the people had finished crossing over from the city. Then the king said to Zadok, Carry the ark of God back into the city. If I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me back and show me both it and his dwelling place. 
But if he says thus, I have no delight in you, here I am, let him do to me as seems good to him. The king also said to Zadok the priest, Are you not a seer? Return to the city in peace, and your two sons with you, Himaz your son, and Jonathan the son of Abiathar. See, I will wait in the plains of the wilderness until word comes from you to inform me. Therefore Zadok and Abiathar carried the ark of God back to Jerusalem, and they remained there. So David went by the, the ascent of the Mount of Olives, and wept as he went up. And he had his head covered and went barefoot. And all the people who were with him covered their heads and went up, weeping as they went up. Then someone said, told, someone told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Now it happened when David had come up to the top of the mountain, where he worshipped God. There was Hushai the archite, coming to meet him with his robe torn and dust on his head. David said to him, If you go on with me, then you will become a burden to me. But if you return to the city and say to Absalom, I will be your servant, O king, as I was your father's servant previously, so I will now also be your servant. Then you may defeat the council of Ahithophel for me. And do you not have Zadok and Abiathar the priests with you there? Therefore it will be that whatever you hear from the king's house, you shall, you shall tell to Zadok and Abiathar the priests. Indeed, they have there with them their two sons, Himaz and Zadok's son, and Jonathan, Abiathar's son. And by them you shall send me everything you hear. So Hushai, David's friend, went into the city, and Absalom came into Jerusalem. Here endeth the first lesson. Benedictus S. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the second chapter of Second Corinthians. But I determined this within myself, that I would not come again to you in sorrow. For, I, for if I make you sorrowful, then who is he who makes me glad but the one who is made sorrowful by me? And I wrote this very thing to you, lest, when I came, I should have sorrow over those for whom I ought to have joy, having confidence in you all that my joy is the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote to you, with many tears, not that you should be aggrieved, but that you might know the love which I have so abundantly for you. But if anyone has caused grief, he has not grieved me, but all of you to some extent, not to be too severe. This punishment which was inflicted by the majority is sufficient for such a man, so that, on the contrary, you ought rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Therefore I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. For to this end I also wrote, 
that I may put you to the test, whether you are obedient in all things. Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me by the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit, because I did not find Titus my brother. But taking my leave of them, I departed for Macedonia. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved, and among those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death, and to the other the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, as so many, peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. Here endeth the second lesson. Benedictus, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified dead and buried, he descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of sins, Saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. 
O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty and merciful God, of whose only gift it cometh that thy faithful people do unto thee true and laudable service, grant, we beseech thee, that we may so faithfully serve thee in this life, that we fail not finally to attain thy heavenly promises, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all. Our narrative from Second uh, Samuel in today's chapter is linked with the end of the last chapter by this <clears throat> this embrace and kiss. We remember the last chapter David had embraced and given Absalom a kiss, which was something had a, a bit of disingenuousness to it. It wasn't really a brace and a reconciliation. And now we find Absalom at the gate of the city <clears throat> embracing everybody who comes to the city for for justice with a kind of false kiss in the sense that he doesn't really care about justice. He cares about developing support for his his rebellion. And it's interesting just in, in, in it, it, it gives the picture of a king, David, who's not really in control, which is to some degree a picture of David's actual uh, fatherhood in any event. He had a lot of sons who seemed to be running out of control. But Absalom, whatever the, the sort of summary statements here about Absalom greeting everybody who came, the idea that Absalom has gotten himself horses and chariots, and is sitting at the gate of the city greeting people as they come and David certainly has to be aware of this and somehow he doesn't pay much attention to it. Absalom says I want I have to go fulfill a vow. It could be the idea of a vow to atone for his killing his brother and he's going to go to Hebron. Why not Jerusalem could be uh, there's some tradition that that if you you know that kind of of, of sin could, you couldn't go do it in the temple, the same place the rest of your family worshipped. But whatever it is, he goes down and he, he carries on this conspiracy and, and rebels. And David, uh, when he understands the, the sort of popular sway towards Absalom, realizes he needs to, um, to leave. The idea probably is a popular uprising and David within a walled city it would be easy for them to surround the city and capture him. So they needed to get out. And the irony of that for David is his real skill as a warrior with his mighty men was roaming around the wilderness in the early parts of his call. And now he's going to be going about in the wilderness. In terms of the biblical narrative, it's, it's significant here that David departs from Jerusalem by way of the Mount of Olives. This pathway from Jerusalem to the Mount of Olives and back is, is significant. It, David now, the Lord's anointed departs Jerusalem by the way of the Mount of Olives, and he stops on top to worship God. That reminds us here in this whole narrative that David is still the Lord's anointed. 
Absalom is not. There's been no prophet speak to Absalom saying, I'm giving, making you king. So Absalom's movement is a pure usurpation. And so, but he goes by the way of Mount of Olives. The other significant at that point is that uh, at the end of the Old Testament, when, when the glory of God in Ezekiel leaves the temple, it departs Jerusalem by way of the Mount of Olives. And then our Lord, when he comes on Palm Sunday, comes into Jerusalem by way of the Mount of Olives. So this is this is a significant biblical path in, in the story. We, we see David again here as uh, there's a lot of political factors. But we also see David as a penitent. He's barefoot. He's aware on some level that this is a consequence of what Nathan has proclaimed to him. And David is aware. So he just is going to go. Um, my own sense of this, I, I, I know this is a popular popular uprising. It's hard for me to believe that David and his mighty men who, who you know, kick so much butt in their life could not have really, could not have really stood up to this insurrection. But be that as it may, he's accepting the consequence and going as a model for us of penitence. When a consequence in our lives, we experience things that are negative and and they happen to us to, to, to receive them with humility and and waiting for God to to act to to restore us and, and so that's a significant thing and it's the other thing that's significant in the story when he pauses on the Mount of Olives to worship God at that same moment Hushai the Archite comes to 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 let him know uh, to join him and that's David what David needs then to go send him back and have a plant within the Absalom. Uh, regime that will ultimately undermine Absalom and allow David to return. The connection, I think, with the New Testament lesson today, uh, where Saint, the, the issue in 2 Corinthians is that the Corinthians, a, a charge has been leveled against St. Paul that he is, he, he says one thing and he does another. He said he was going to come visit us and he didn't come and see, he'd, and, and so last, yesterday he'd said, you know, I'm not yes, yes, no, no, and he explains he didn't come because he didn't want another painful visit where he had to harshly confront wrongdoing. There's a missing letter, it appears, in the Corinthian correspondence that he wrote to highlight a problem. And so he's saying, I didn't come because I didn't want to have to deal with this issue. And now apparently there's some kind of wrongdoing uh, that, that was confronted. And now that the church had disciplined someone, uh, and maybe some in the church even wanted a greater, more draconian discipline. And St. Paul says, no, now now it's time. That's sufficient. The discipline would have been to remove him from the community. Now restore him uh, so that he doesn't, you know, become so sorrowful and despondent. Uh, and this highlights for us, it, the course connection with David, David the penitent, the, the, the purpose of David's repentance, penitence here and that is to purify him of of evil so that he can then come back and be restored the purpose of penitence is always that to purify us and that's the difference between uh mere punishment and and um chastisement chastisement when we experience negative things in life and we accept them with humility god uses them to refine us to purify us to to do his work in us and when we allow that to happen, that's how God's sanctification carries on in our lives. And so St. Paul says, this has happened with this man, now restore him. David is in, the, in, in, 
in the process now of being chastised and experiencing a negative consequence, which he is embracing with humility. And that reminds us in the spiritual life to embrace with humility those things that come upon us and ask, what does God want me to learn through this as we pray for God to help us through it and restore us to 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 uh, a, a sense of greater footing and connection with, with whatever we, we have lost in that time? A few thoughts about today's lessons. Continuing with the prayer for all conditions of men. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate, especially those for whom we make our prayers at this time. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings, and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Chris. Deacon John, excellent job on the reading. Thank you, Bishop, for the lesson. Thank you, Deacon Bob. Thank you, Bishop Scott. Have a good day, everybody. Bye, kiddos. Thank you, everyone. Have a good Tuesday.